Hey friends, welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan, and my friend Kendra and I are part of a ministry called His Beloved of Texas. We put on retreats and events for women in the city of Austin to bring them to Jesus and let them experience Him and His love. And we live across the street from each other. Between the two of us, we have 10 kids, and we get to do life together. It's super fun, and we want to invite you in as part of our life. Scripture tells us that hope does not disappoint, and we want to bring you stories of how the Lord has worked in women's lives, men's lives, so that you can know that God is moving and working in your life too. We want to bring you hope. Hey friends, welcome back. This is Megan, and today we have a fun guest for you. So, as part of the His Beloved podcast, we want to bring you people that maybe you've never heard of before. We want to give you people that, you know, have book deals and are wonderful Catholic speakers, but there's also so many people in our own community that are doing amazing things. And so today, we have a friend who we want to introduce you to. Her name is Tanya Schwartz, and Tanya is a mom of four kids, um, teenagers, and college students now, and so she's a step ahead of Kendra and I in life. Uh, We're both about to have 13-year-olds, and we just love to listen to her and to her wisdom, and this is saying a lot because a lot of people think that Kendra is a huge role model, but Tanya is Kendra's role model, and you'll get to hear her gush about how much she just loves her. I remember one day she came to me and said, I think I'm going to ask Tanya if she'll be my mentor. I really have so much to learn from her. Uh, Tanya is pursuing a master's degree from the Augustan Institute in theology, and she is a lover of theology of the body and scripture and just a fun, fun person to be around. I can't wait for you to hear from her. We talk about what life is like with teenagers, um, using social media wisely, how to handle cell phones for teenagers, and introducing your children to theology of the body. And if you have never heard of theology of the body before, it is a beautiful teaching of St. John Paul II. And it's life-changing, I believe, and one of the greatest gifts the Catholic Church has to offer. And it's about how God created man and woman to love one another, to support one another, and to get each other to heaven. And it's fantastic. All teenagers, adults, everyone needs to hear it. So I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some Theology of the Body experts in case you'd like to go deeper in that. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy. Hey, guys. Hello, everyone. We have a fun guest for you. So a friend of ours, her name is Tanya Schwartz. Um, you know those people in your life where, number one, you just want to sit at their feet and listen to their every word? That's her for me. Number two, <laughs> that person you want to be when you grow up, even though they're not that much older than you. <laughs> That's her for me. Um, but she's someone in our community. She goes to our church. Her um, kids have gone through my husband's youth program that I just love to be around. I love to just listen to her wisdom. I love to watch her live her life so beautifully for the Lord and just um, just get after it. Like, I, I'm just so inspired by you, Tanya. So thank you for being here. We're, we're so happy to have you. <laughs> thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit about your life and who you are and your people? Sure. Uh, as Kendra said, my name is Tanya Swartz. I'm married 20 years this year. Congratulations. And thank you. <laughs> I know. It's it's a big deal. I have four children, or we have four children. I was want to include Kyle. Um, they are, let's see, almost 20, almost 19. Those are our girls. And then we have two boys and they're almost 16 and 13. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And we live here. We've been in Texas about 14 years doing life here in Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, in a previous co- podcast, we mentioned an event that we did called Mom's Turn. Mm-hmm. And you also spoke at Mom's Turn. Oh, yeah. So that's right. That? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Kind of where our paths begin crossing. Um, but that talk gave me permission to let go. And I was so grateful because I was one that was having to have everything in order and my house just perfect. And, you know, just micromanaging the heck out of my kids. And, um, and I loved your, your mission, your permission to go forth and, and just live your life as it is and not worry about those things. Um, can you speak into that a little bit? What oh, you wow. Shared? I, that was a while ago. I know. I like, <laughs> um, so I've slept since then. So <laughs> I may recall. Um, well, 
I guess now I would put it in the language. I don't know if I said this before. I put it in the language of putting things into the buckets of if whether or not something is a salvation issue. Mm-hmm. So when you're making decisions, and I think sometimes we make much bigger deals um, than we should have out of things. And I think one of the best ways to kind of evaluate whether or not this is something we need to worry about is, is, is it a salvation issue? Mm-hmm. Is someone going to heaven or hell over how my kids dress or how I keep my home or whatnot? And so I, that has really helped me to kind of narrow it down. I think also, gosh, I'd, I'd love to remember when that was. It's been some time, but um, I think it's also an issue of time and recognizing your time and where you spend your time and the mm-hmm. fact that as I've gotten older and my kids have gotten older, I realized that um, I, I was working at the time, but I could I could make more money, but I could never make more time. Mm-hmm. And so a combination between is this a salvation issue and is this the best use of my time really started in, to kind of, I guess, weed out stuff that didn't really need to be there and to take it off of my plate when when mm-hmm. I saw necessary. And it wasn't easy um, because I had a lot of expectations of myself too. I wasn't raised in the church and it was important to me to, that our children were raised in the church. You know, my husband and I wanted to do that together, but I didn't know what that looked like. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, how quiet are the kids supposed to be in the, mm-hmm. at mass and you know, how much praying is necessary or not necessary and how, and, and I, I, Spent a lot of time trying to wrestle with those things on top of my own desires of, you know, okay, do how clean does my house need to be mm-hmm. and how healthy do the meals need to be and all those different things. And, uh, so I wrestled with that myself too. Um, but, but coming back to this idea of salvation issue, there came a point where there came a tipping point where I just realized, okay, I can't do all the things all the time mm-hmm. and I have to figure out what is the most important thing to do. And, um, and the most important place to spend my time. And that, of course, has changed over over the years. But, wow. yeah. That's really good. Like, that takes a big weight off of our shoulders, I feel like, yeah. as moms. Because we put so much pressure on ourselves to yeah. keep all of those things perfect. And Tell us about how you approached the phone situation ah. with your kids. <laughs> so one of the ways that... I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not early adopters of um, technology. I was actually just talking to uh, to the ladies before, and I was looking at their setup and say, being impressed because I'm... This would... Yeah, I would have to hire someone <laughs> to do all this for me. I start sweating technology. looking at it. Um, no, technology is a great tool, um, but it's also, it's, it's requires a lot of responsibility. And, um, I think probably what turned me on to thinking about all this, Kyle and I, was, we actually worked in, uh, youth ministry. We started in middle school with Gwen, mm-hmm. Kendra's sister-in-law, and we would interact with the students and watch them interact and, and how they used their phones as that was sort of kind of coming about. It's not been that long, but it wasn't as prevalent, I don't think, as it is now. And then we would get different articles and whatnot about um, teen use of technology. And all of it just gave us a lot of pause. Mm-hmm. And then I also looked at my own behavior uh, with my phone and, let's say, social media. And I saw the challenge it was for me, and I'm an adult. Yeah, me too. And um, yeah. then my husband had another view of it. He was really concerned about the ways that boys can really be challenged with mm-hmm. yeah. technology, in particular in the area of pornography. And that was a that's a that's a major issue for my husband. And so for him, um, he he's always been a hawk. And I will say we're in this together, but he's really the one that kind of drove the ship. So when it came time to the kids getting phones, well, first of all, our kids don't get phones until they're um, learning to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They don't need it. Uh, they're not allowed to use their phones at school. Um, yeah. So it's not necessary. If you need to call me, there's a not phone in the office and then um, they don't need the distraction. And then when they do get phones, uh, we buy secondhand BlackBerry phones. <laughs> so wait, 
You can still buy a Blackberry? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. They exist? Oh, yeah, you okay. can. Yeah. People are always like, whoa. You either get like, whoa, what's that? Or you get... <laughs> they think it's something new because they've no, never seen no. it before. No, <laughs> no. Or, or you get people like, yeah, Blackberry. Those are awesome. Like, seriously. And whenever Kyle hears that, he like high fives whoever it is. That's so funny. Yeah. If it was up to Kyle, he would still have a Blackberry. His business made him switch to a Samsung and he just, oh, he ruse the day. He's like, I bet. So he actually, back in December of last year, bought himself. He has his own private line and it's a blackberry and he's so happy well yeah he thinks well he says it's the most secure as far as you know hacking or whatever all that technological mumbo jumbo i don't anything about and then also you just it's way harder to access stuff i mean it was used as a business tool to send emails and to send you know messages it's not, you know, it's not really a device that you use to scroll around on the internet and yeah, whatnot. There's and no put, apps or well, there can be, but depend on depends on the version of the of yeah. the uh, phone. So when our f- kids get the phone, they don't get the internet, so they just get the phone use and the texting. Um, plus, they have a BlackBerry, and then even when they can, when they're eighteen and the internet gets turned on, then. Um, even that getting access, like you can't just put an app on the phone. You actually have to still open the browser and go to that. Yeah. To that page. So, oh, smart. yeah. So one extra step. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a step. And then, you know, they'll tell you it's not as, my kids will tell you it's not as accessible and it's such a pain and all the things, but it <laughs> yeah. also has slowed them down. And, yeah. you know, Kyle and I often tell them when they get all wound up about the phone, we'll say, you know, when we had to make a call, we had to go to the kitchen, right? to the wall in the kitchen, and we had to pick up the phone and we had to dial. Yeah. And if we wanted privacy, we stretched that cord into oh, the pantry. <laughs> And that's the way that we talked on the phone. So we could go back to that. And then they stopped complaining. That's so funny. And we had like our own private line. Did you have a private line? I didn't have a private line. You did. I didn't have a private line. You didn't have a private line either? Oh, no. We did. And (laughs) we would like, we had our own uh, answer machines and we would like do cool voice. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my sister and I would hide the family answering machine. Did you? Oh, totally. We would like put music behind it. Uh And like if they're friends, we had to make a new outgoing message if somebody's at my house. I guess it was like. That's statuses so before funny. statuses existed on yeah. oh, social I, media. My dad was not about the phone, and I did have a phone, a line in my room. And I remember uh-huh. my my dad was super particular about how long we were on the phone. And he would literally, like, <laughs> I'd be on the phone in my room just chatting away, blah, blah, blah. My dad about, I don't know, 15 minutes. After I was gone long enough for him to know I was on the phone, he'd pick up the phone from the kitchen and be like, Tony, get off the phone, click. <laughs> And I'd yeah. be like, I, like, I gotta go. Yes, you hear the little click on yes, the other yes. end, right? I know. Our kids yeah. have no idea. Yeah. Well, we don't have a home phone, which yeah. is interesting too. So our kids have no way to call anyone if we're not home. Right. And so, and we're in the same boat. Like we didn't want internet. We didn't want anything. It's too hard for me. I can't yeah. imagine putting that into the hands of a teenager, but our daughter was getting to the point where she needed something. Mm. So, uh, we got a gab phone. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. And it's yeah. been really good. Oh, they even got, they have a new upgraded version and, um, it does not have apps. It does not have internet, but she, it looks like an iPhone and she can take pictures and, and the parents can decide whether or not you want to be able to send those pictures because that's the whole thing. Right. Right. Um, what else can it do? She can listen to music on it. Like oh, she can yeah, do yeah. all the important things. Oh, yeah. the picture thing and yeah. the music thing. Right. It's a big deal for a lot. Like, well, we can get girl. you a phone yeah. and a, I mean, a, you know, and a camera all. and yeah. like, yeah, we went out on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's all come together. Yeah. And right. it looks like what everybody else looks like. Of course. And you can yeah. get a cover for it. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. Fun. And she could put her little pop socket on it and all that stuff. And but we thought, you know, at this point, while she's still really compliant, yeah, <laughs> and really listening to us right now, it's a good yeah. time to put something in her hand and train her. Yeah. And she's so funny about it. She's like super serious all the time about yeah. not making mistakes with her phone. And, and then she dropped it and broke it. And it was like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. like, it's okay. It's Aww. okay. Well, Husband are like you said, you're not wallflowers, right? Great personalities. I love you both so much. Um, I want to know some crazy stories from college. From college? So you guys met at a No, we didn't. Oh, you did No, okay. no. So where did you meet? He's a, he's a New Jersey boy. We met at a party in Chicago. After okay. college? Okay. No, not in Chicago. In Dallas. He was from Chicago. <laughs> oh, my different. gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, from Dallas. In Dallas. We had a mutual friend. After college, he, le- he, was, he went to college in New Jersey, and after he... Um, left, he did a Teach for America, America, uh, AmeriCorps uh-huh. program in Chicago and actually taught in Catholic schools That's for two cool. years. And he met, uh, our mutual friend Mark and they taught for two years. And then Mark left and went out to California and did, took a professional job in Kyle State in Chicago. 
Mark came to Dallas and I was part of this young Saren group in Dallas. And we started off, we would meet, um, in people's homes for mass and then we'd have a potluck dinner. And then it grew so much that we started, we moved to parishes. Um, and then out of that grew these great friendships. And there was a group of guys that were renting house and they had a big housewarming party. And Mark was one of the guys that went to the house and Mark said, you should come down and can I say this? He, he said, you should come down and meet some hot Catholic chicks. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is, um, so that's when we met, which was really funny because I was done with guys at that point. So when, <laughs> when we, we met each other, he says that I hit on him, but that is an absolute lie. Um, but that's how we, that's how we met. So we did not go to college. Okay. Together. Okay. Wait. So you said you weren't raised in the faith. But you were already Catholic by the end of college. When did you? So I was, I was baptized at my first communion because my grandmother, my German grandmother made mm-hmm. sure that that happened. Okay. Um, but that was it. And then we just didn't, um, I think, you know, I think as a sort of, that was a very generational thing and mm-hmm. then partly yeah. cultural, uh, Catholicism. But, um, you know, uh, yeah. So my parents just, they, they were married in the church, but they didn't continue attending. And so, yeah, I, I, I always had sort of this knowledge of God and who God was. And when I ended up at, at A&M, I thought, well, I'll check this whole God thing out. And I actually ended up, I was having a hard time one time in my first semester of my freshman year. And I called the priest over at St. Mary's, which I don't know why I thought to do that, but I did it. Made an appointment to go talk with him. And I thought I was just going to talk with him. And I, it turned out that I ended up making my first confession. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Without realizing that's what you're doing. I didn't even know what that's what was you? going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really amazing. And who was I, the priest at the time? Oh, they're not. They, I don't remember. When Father Elmer or Father Dean? No, Father Dean and Father Michael, Mike came my sophomore year. Oh, really? No. So it was not Father Elmer. It was another, I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. So I made my first confession. Uh, as a freshman in college. And that changed my world. It really did. I, I remember going in there feeling all heavy and beat down. And yeah. and it's cliche, but it's true. I remember sort of floating out, yeah. like skipping along, like, oh, you know, everything. Just, everything's lighter. Yeah. And I mean, I was in there a long time, as you can imagine. I was like, what, 18, 19 years old? There's a, I got a lot to get off my chest, but uh, it was awesome. To this day, I'm a big fan of Sacrament Reconciliation. That's amazing. Yeah. So you just randomly walk in to see a priest and receive the sacrament and feel that amazing grace that sounds like a song too, but like the grace that flows. And right. then you knew in that moment, like even though you weren't well catechized, right. you hadn't grown up that way. It was just like tangible. Yeah, it was tangible. It was real. It was a total gift from God. And then, so you know, cool. it wasn't like from that day forward, everything yeah. changed and I yeah. was perfect. It, yeah. yeah. It didn't work like that. So, you know, I was, Still trying to find my way. I would go to different Bible studies and different churches and whatnot. Yeah. But I always came back to St. Mary's. I, I just felt at home in mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. And um, eventually, Father Mike and Father Dean came, and they came at the same time. And it was a real profound time at St. Mary's because all of a sudden we had these two young guys, really well-formed, like, in Italy. I don't Italy. think of them as young. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I know, I know. Isn't that funny? But they were, they were only like 10 years older than us at the time. I mean, well, they're still 10 years older than us, but you know, it had a huge impression. And then they, they were, they started to also put things into place that I guess had not been in place before. I didn't realize, Mm -hmm. but like people would go up and receive communion that weren't Catholic and it just wasn't even something that was really talked about. And they came in and they just, they lovingly taught us like, okay, here's the deal, Mm -hmm. you know, and here, here, I, 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 I used to say, they gave us the guardrails and some people might have left. I don't know who they were, but instead people, the place like exploded yeah. because people wanted the truth. They wanted to know the boundaries here, are the guardrails and how to do it. And they were totally engaged with the students and it. Is that right around worked. the time that everything shifted for St. Mary? I think so. Yeah. yeah. When did yeah. Aggie Awakening start? Were you there for that part? Yeah, it had started. I, let's see, I, I went like that on, had a huge impact yeah. at least from an outsider yeah. looking in. That's what I, yeah, think. they, they probably, are, I think I made Aggie Awakening 32. Oh, so it had right? been around a while. Okay. Yeah. It had been around a few years. Wow. Yeah. So that was a, that was a staple by then also. Um, but there was just, there was some more consistency. There was some more teaching going on, some more, you know, mm-hmm. let me teach you what the church 
really teaches. Um, For anyone who's not familiar with Texas A&M and St. Mary's, it is one of the most vibrant Catholic communities in the nation, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, 40 Days for Life started in College Station. Um, Awakening, which is a fantastic retreat, started in College Station. And some of the most well-formed Catholics and tons of priests come out of A&M. And I can say all that because I didn't go there. You guys. <laughs> well, I, I, I can brag on I, them. <laughs> that's when I wasn't. Catholic. Yeah, you didn't get so to I didn't experience really it all. experience Aggie Catholic life until afterwards. And, you know, met a lot of them whenever we were volunteering for Chris's youth group. But Yeah. Such yeah. a fantastic. It's a great yeah. place. Yeah, that's where I want my kids to go. <laughs> like, we're just going to take you to straight, say, yeah. straight to St. Mary's, drop you off. That's where you're going to live your life in college. So you had that that reversion, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of fast forwarding to now, now you're pursuing your master's in theology. Mm -hmm. What drove you to take that step and where do you want to go with it? Well, I just realized not too long ago that I actually went to go see Father Mike when I was still an undergraduate mm -hmm. to ask him about doing a master's in theology. Really? I had forgotten about that. Really? Yes. Good. Yeah. And I wanted to go to Rome. I wanted to go where they went to school. Uh -huh. I was like, I want to study wherever you study. Yeah. Well, this is pre-internet, right? So he wrote a little address and whatever on a <laughs> piece of paper for me and, you know, and said, here you go. This, you know, this is where I, where to go look. But, I wasn't ready and didn't, I didn't ever pursue it, um, at that moment, but I knew I was having these experiences at St. Mary's. I started getting involved there, probably became more involved my June, starting my junior year and started regularly attending mass. It was Father Dean who actually said to me, he noticed I was going to mass, but not receiving communion. And mm -hmm. he knew, he's like, haven't you received first communion? And I said, yes. He goes, why aren't you taking communion? And go, cause I didn't know I could. And he said, well, <laughs> you can. And I said, oh, he goes, have you been confirmed? I said, no. He said, why don't you get confirmed? I said, okay. What does that mean? And he goes, do you go take these classes? And I said, okay. I was such an easy, it's such an easy sell. And this is a big thing for me, just side tangent, my big yeah. thing for me. Sometimes I think we just need to say the things mm -hmm. like, People's hearts are, I think, sometimes more ready than we give them credit for. We assume sort of sometimes the worst and when all you have to do is just speak the truth mm -hmm. and just invite people and just say, hey, why don't you consider this? And they'll, and you could be very well like someone like me and go, oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. I'll yeah. do it. And that's what I did. So I got yeah. confirmed my junior year, junior year or senior year, senior year in, at A&M. But what was happening at the time was I was involved in retreats and doing all these things. And I was getting to see this other side of myself mm -hmm. because I was studying geology at A&M, very different. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with that. And so I started thinking, well, maybe I should go study theology that maybe that's what I should go do. I, I didn't know. So I did, like I said, I went to go see Father Mike. Well, I've always been a learner. I love learning mm -hmm. my whole life trying to learn different things about different things. So I got married, have kids, do this whole jaunt. And I, I was a public school teacher, did a whole jaunt in group fitness for a long time. Um, had a great time doing all those things. And uh, it was really when I was working with Gwen in middle school youth ministry and she and I would talk and she's, we'd talk about something. I'm like, yeah, I really want to know, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh yeah. And I read such and such and such. And then Gwen would be like, oh, you'd really like this book. And then we just talked and I nerd out on that stuff. <laughs> Me <too>. So, uh, <laughs> oh yes, I got to do that. I'm holding myself back from asking you lots of weird theology no. questions right now. <laughs> I want to ask all the weird questions. I'm trying not to. So Gwen, Gwen was pursuing a, a degree at the Augustine Institute. And I just was super interested in that. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't seem like it was possible with my life and blah, blah, blah. Well, then I would go to like Bible conferences and Kyle would let, you know, would let me out <laughs> to go to these Bible conferences. And I'd come back and I'd have like, you know, 50 pages of notes and I would have a, you know, sit down so I can give you the lecture of all the things I learned. And yeah. you know, two hours later, He's like, I don't want to hear all this. Right. And then, um, so how I ended up, how, Kyle, so Kyle knew that I would love to do this, but it was just, kind of out of the realm of, he he just didn't, it wasn't on his radar. Well, I dragged him to a Bible conference actually here at St. Thomas More. Mm -hmm. And this was... Was it Jeff Cavins? No, it was uh, Scott Hahn and Michael oh, Barber. Okay. And Fine. let's see, who else was there? 
can't remember. And it was on Ephesians. Mm -hmm. And I said, Kyle, because the last Bible conference I went to was down in Houston. I said, Kyle, this is down the road. We have to go. (laughs) And they had a family ticket. Uh And I knew that my kids weren't going to be able to sit in the whole thing. But I thought, well, even if they came for one lecture and picked up one thing, we have to do this. It's, It's like right there. Yeah. So I schlep them all and they go to the first one or something. And then I go for the rest. And then they come back for the last one. And the last one's on Ephesians chapter five about married life. And so Kyle, you know, Kyle, of course, wants to come. So we bring the kids back to that. Well, Dr. Michael Barber, who's actually my professor this semester, oh wow, gives that last lecture. And at the very end of the lecture, he says, um, he says, now, if you really enjoyed this, he goes, you can keep studying. Um, with me at the Augustine Institute, because I'm about to go to the Augustine Institute, and you can keep studying at the Augustine Institute. And Kyle turns and said, he looked at me as if I had planted that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just go, I put my hands up, and go, I had nothing to do with that, nothing. And he just laughed, and we laughed, and then we left. Well, the next morning, he got up before me, got some coffee, I come down. And um, Kyle's not super flowery with his faith life. So when uh-huh. he says stuff like the Lord spoke to me, I'm always like, right. Okay. You know, yeah. he's much more serious about his faith, but I get up, I go down the stairs and he says, God spoke to me. And I go, okay. <laughs> How, and what did God say to you? And he said, he said that you should go to the Augustine Institute. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, then I, you know, freaked out like a little baby. Oh my God. Really? Really? Do you really mean it? Do you really, really, really mean it? I mean, are you kidding? Do you really mean it? Because I really want to do this. And he's like, yes, you, yes, yes. I really think you should do it. That's amazing. That's so yeah, that's how it came about. And yeah. I'm on year four because <laughs> yeah. it's, I just take one class at a time. Yeah. I don't study in the summer because the kids are home. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I've narrowed down even more what to say yes and no to because I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm doing this. That's amazing. Yeah. So what has God been doing on your heart through? all of it since you started? Oh, gosh. Well, a lot, because a lot has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, My first year, probably uh, the biggest thing I learned my first year when I was that, that I had the goods and that if God called me to it, he was going to help me and Mm -hmm. I was going to be capable of doing it. Um, My undergraduate career was more like my parents said, go to college. I went to college, but I was not in any way, shape or form ready for college. Mm -hmm. And um, I spent a good time of college even figuring out how to study. Cause me I, too. yeah, I did yeah, a great absolutely. high school was nothing for mm-hmm. me. I'm not saying this to brag. I had A's, but I did not have to work for those A's. Mm-hmm. It just was mm-hmm. not a real education. And when I got to A and I got my butt handed to me, but I finished it. Yes, I finished <laughs> it and I'm going to claim that. And, but, but I think when I started my freshman year or my freshman year, my first year at the Augustine Institute, a lot of that came back. Mm-hmm. And I was really shocked by that. I was like, are you, are you flipping kidding me? This is like 20 plus years later, this sort of like, I'm not good enough. And mm. why am I even here? And so yeah. the stupid devil was like right off of the bat messing with me. And, yeah. and so I had to really work through that. And like, and that still will rear itself. Like when something gets hard for me or I'm struggling or I don't understand something, um, I have to really tell the devil to back it up. Um, so that was the first thing. And then the next year, um, was the re-release or the new priestly scandal stuff. And I almost didn't start school. I was like devastated by all the news. And yeah. what am I supposed to do with it? I'm going to go study a faith, but these priests can't even behave, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I thought, no, I'm going to start my class. Well, it turned out to be the best decision because it was my, um, early history class. Oh. So basically I got to see, well, I got to study early church history from, Christ until about the middle ages. And I learned there's nothing new under the sun. So as I was freaking out about bad behavior, you know, bad priestly behavior, and you know, we should not be happy about that. But I, I, I I quickly realized, oh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. This is not, this is not new. And you know, there's cycle of sin and grace in the church. And the same year I taught, um, high school theology and history. And I am not a history person. I'm a theology person, Mm -hmm. but the way our school organized it, it came together because it was like church history and theology. And so I had to like study my butt off to learn this history to teach these kids, but it was the same thing. 
It was like medieval renaissance. And so we walked through that all with the teens because the teens were really disheartened by the news. Right. Like they were old enough to understand it right. and to be really bothered by it. But then when you look back at some of this church scandal and the saints that were brought up during all of it. Right. And, you know, St. Yeah. Catherine of Siena and St. Francis of Assisi and all these beautiful holy men and women that were brought up during the worst possible times of the church. It gave us a little bit of hope. Yes. Yeah. It gave me a lot of hope. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then, and so side note, one of the reasons I love my kids' education is they're getting, uh, their history education is very robust. Mm -hmm. So they're learning to be, so like when you look at the present culture or whatever, you don't get as wound up because you wait, wait a minute. There's this grand space and time called history. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's cycles of, life, you know, good and bad that happen across all different cultures and all different times. And that's so important because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to think, oh my gosh, this is the worst it's ever been when the fact is that's not true. Um, so, um, so there's that, um, I would say the same thing, even with this year Mm -hmm. and just, uh, you know, just staying in my studies as the world has kind of gone up and down. Um, I'm, I'm couched in like in the spring, it was the sacraments. I'm studying the sacraments wow. and then, and then, and then they're taken away. And then they're taken away. <sighs> and then I was one of those crazy wow. people. I was like, so do I call the bishop and tell him it's really important that we have the sacraments? <laughs> <laughs> Cause he needs to hear from me. And let me tell you. <laughs> um, um, but I, I became a, a big champion of that. And so as mm-hmm. soon as the church is open, we were at mass. And, mm-hmm. and then when I would see people and they'd be like, Oh, have you gone back to mass? And I'm like, listen, time out. You've gone to HB and you've gone to Home Depot. You can go to church. It's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. And I just encourage people, you need this. Like, yeah. you yeah. need this. I need it. You need it. God gave it to us. We should use it. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's been, it's done a lot for my own personal faith. And then I've become even, like, I need a reason to talk. I've become even more bold in being, saying, no, this is important. Yeah. This is salvation issue stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know? Definitely. So. It is. And you also have a great love for theology of the body, right? Right. So how did you approach those kind of situations with your kids when they were teenagers? How did you, did you teach theology of the body to them? Or was it just part of like your lifestyle? How did you? Well, part of it was lifestyle. Part of it, weirdly enough, um, was influenced by our ethics and integrity classes, which actually mm. I wasn't excited to take, um, but I actually learned some really important things like using anatomically correct terms for body parts and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, gave me language and how to talk to my kids. So that was helpful, I will say. Um, but with the girls, I actually had, I, they don't make these books anymore and it makes me sad. And I actually, um, mm-hmm. approached one of the authors one time, Teresa Tomeo was one of the authors of this book about all things girl. And mm-hmm. they had these little books in it. It wasn't just about, theology of the body type stuff, but it was also, there was a saint in there and how to be a good friend. And it was this whole, like encompassed the whole person. Mm-hmm. And it was these series of books and, um, and I lent them out. And there they are out in the world and that's fine. <laughs> but I'm sad because people ask me, well, what did you do with the girls? And I'm like, well, right. here's these books and they were so helpful and they don't print them anymore. And I wish they did. Yeah. Um, but they would talk and we would talk to them as a whole person. And so when they were younger, like elementary school, especially sort of like late elementary school, we started to start like general body changing conversation mm-hmm. because they were starting to maybe wear deodorant or maybe, mm-hmm. and some of their friends were starting to have signs of puberty. And so we just would have just real general conversations about it. So we started there and sort of age appropriate. Right. Um, I would call my friend, Amy, Mm-hmm. freaking mm-hmm. out thinking that you know like one, one of my daughters needed to wear deodorant and I thought I had to tell her everything about sex and I was freaking out <laughs> she's like and I, yeah right and she did she's like uh so she just needs deodorant <laughs> she doesn't need the whole birds and bees I'm like okay so I did I remember telling my daughter I'm like okay so your body's changing and so you should probably wear deodorant and I was like so this is how you do it and I you know lifted my arm and, I'm <laughs> and then she just looked at me like is that it? And I go, yeah. She's like, can I go play? And I go, yeah. And that was it. Like, yeah. I in my head. We work it up, don't we? Yeah. yeah we make it I up. I think I'm in that thing. phase right I'm in now. that phase too. <laughs> I'm like worried about the conversation. Yes. No. <laughs> More yes. than I should be. Yeah. My, and Kyle's also big help. He's always like, age, Chad is not. <laughs> age appropriate answers, Tanya. You just give them what. And so here's a, here's a good piece of advice that was told me. You answer questions as they keep asking, 
and asking them. Uh-huh. Once they stop asking, you're good for a while. And then you bring it up again because you might hear, also use the Holy Spirit. So like there would be opportunities, things that I wasn't maybe necessarily ready for them to hear, mm-hmm. but they would hear something and I would mm-hmm. have to address it. And I thought, well, I don't want to talk about this, but apparently God wants me to talk about yes. this. And then I would pull them aside and we'd have a little chit chat about it. But um yeah. That's, That's always really helped. When they That's ask those questions, in, in I freeze. the car that time, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> she was driving my kids in the car the other day. And what were y'all talking about? So like Philomena, Philomena wears the cord of St. Philomena around her waist. She mm-hmm. has for years. And now that she's in school, she has to change out for PE. Oh, yeah. And there was some kid that asked, I think, Olivia, why does she have that white and red rope around her right. waist? And, um, and so we got to talking about virginity and, and, but, but just the word virginity. Right. And that so, one color was for virginity and one color was for yeah, martyrdom. For martyrdom. Yeah. And then, and then one of Megan's daughters asked, well, <laughs> Mary wasn't a virgin cause she had a kid. And I was like, Oh wait, here we go. They're like, what does virgin mean? And then, and then they asked, what does virgin mean? And then and I was like, hold on, guys, I need to pray about this one. <laughs> and, you do it awesome. She did. stops like, and she oh. prays and then she texts me and she's like, oh, you're going to kill me. Oh, you're going to kill me no. when I get home. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? And so then I talked to Olivia and Olivia goes, and then all of a sudden she stopped talking and she started praying. And I knew something big was about to come. Uh, that's awesome. Because <laughs> Megan and I have been wanting to do Theology of the Body with the kids. Um but we're scared. We're scared. Like our kids, our girls are kind of at the same stage where they, yeah. they know what's happening in their body and their hormones and, you know, their yeah. period, all that stuff. But what comes next in that conversation right. of like the technical side of how babies are made, uh-huh. and we haven't yet gone there. Well, I think and- part of the problem is we both have babies. Yeah. Right. I think if I didn't have a baby, I right. wouldn't be so scared to have this conversation. Right. Yeah. Because I do. Because you're, why? Because no, I would think that would help you. They're going to know what we do. How the baby came. (laughs) Because I remember as a child thinking, well, my parents did that twice because they had two kids. Yeah. But that's, that was yeah. my logic. Two times. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But we were also, so, you so know. So teach us, Tanya. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Just walk us when, through. When mommies and daddies love each other, they come together. <laughs> and sometimes God blesses them with a baby. That's it? Yes. And if they, they want to know school? more. Yeah. And if they want to know more okay. particular, then, okay. then you address okay, it at that time. That. Well, you start there. I've already done that. Yeah. Even that day yeah. in the car. Oh, yeah, my kids know that too. Well, yeah. yeah. I just thought we well, needed to tell them like the technical side of this. Well, so like, maybe you're older. Happen? So 13, is that sixth grade? Seventh grade. Seventh, Seventh grade. grade. Yeah. But so they are young. They're young. They, yeah. They are very. They are, but I would mm-hmm. say by this age, they should know. Not, not because they're not young. Okay. Yeah. Because they are. But the, the, you, the people around them are not. Yeah. yeah. I read this thing. It was your sister posted it the other day. And oh, it was really? a middle school teacher and all the things that middle schoolers are exposed to. Oh, and I girls. screamed mm-hmm. and threw my phone. Yes. Because I was like, I can't handle this right well, now. Here's, I can't handle it. Here's an encouragement too. Because pe- I understand your concern. But you want them to hear it from you. I do. And I you want to hear the beautiful, awesome yeah. you know, side of sex. And yeah. the way that God intentionally planned it from mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah, and that it's part of the story of God's love story for us, mm-hmm. right? And it's the first sacrament, and then you know, mm-hmm. and that the whole Bible's about marriage from the beginning to the end. And like, and especially with the girls, you can be very romantic with it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And you can tell them even you don't have to have them read, but you say there's love poems in the Bible. Like this is a yeah. beautiful thing, and this is a way that we as it's a tangible way that a mom and a dad, ex, you know, can experience the love of God and. Bring forth life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, well, and then when they, is, I taught theology of the body to my high schoolers and middle schoolers last year, but to my own kids, <laughs> it's just terrifying. Well, that's so funny to me because I have people, <laughs> I have moms all the time. So, uh, listen, can you teach my kids theology of the body? Yeah. <laughs> and I go, well, yeah, but here's the thing, I, and I don't mind, but I say, here's the thing: the the more you have those conversations with them, the, here's primarily what you're doing is. Y'all clearly have relationships and ongoing conversations with your kids, mm-hmm. but you're continuing the avenue, opening up the avenue of communication. And you want that to be just, you want revolving to revolving door type of thing. You do. Yeah. And you want to be like, it's no big deal to talk about it because as they get older, you want them to keep coming back to you yeah. and asking the yeah. questions. And that does happen. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's definitely been something that I'll tell you a quick, funny story. When I, <laughs> When I talk to my girls about, in particular, their period, uh-huh. I remember the older one sitting on her bed and 
wanting to know everything. Like she was sitting on the, um, she's sitting on the edge of the bed and she was looking at me like, oh, and then what happens? And then what happens? And you can talk about the period without talking about sex. You don't yeah. have to bring all that in. Yeah. Right. And then the other one who's only a year younger had the blanket up over her head and was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like the worst thing ever. Oh my gosh. And I just remember thinking how funny the whole scene was. Um, and I had to just, you know, I had to tell this one, it, you know, yes, it's very exciting, but hold on. And this one, no, you're not going to, not all the blood drains out of you. (laughs) Right. Because like, that's what she's thinking. Um, but, but as we had those conversations and I kept sort of, you know, opening the doors and I would sometimes ask, even when they weren't ask, wanting to talk about it, I'd pull them aside and say, okay, how's it going or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as they get older and their friends start having their periods, they'll come home and say, oh, you know, they might talk to you about so-and-so's had, had a really hard day. She's, oh, and I had to help her out and I had to give her some stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'll start having these conversations. And that's where you can walk her through, keep walking her through. And then they're going to get older mm-hmm. and their friends are going to be talking about boys and what to do. And, mm-hmm. and, and when you've done all the groundwork, you yeah. know, late elementary school and into middle school, they're not surprised when it happens later. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're, and they will, and they still want to talk to you about it. Yeah. And then I'm very nonchalant about the whole thing, probably because nobody talked to me about it. And I'm, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. I just was one of those kids. All you had to do was say, okay, wait till you get married. I'd have been like, okay, that's all I would have, like, it wouldn't have been a hard sell, but I didn't even get that. I mean, my sex talk was, so if you have any questions, let us know. Yeah. I was in the seventh grade, y'all. I was like, if you have any questions, like, what? I'm not going to ask you. You All the weird (laughs) words, inappropriate words people were using about sex and body parts and stuff. Like the heck I'm talking to you guys about that. No. But so when I had kids, I was like, yeah, no, we're not, Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about this because I went and made a mess of that part of my life for a good 10 years. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure mm-hmm. that you have the ammunition mm-hmm. and I'm real, I mean, yeah, pretty open with the girls about it yeah. so much. So something will happen in a movie and I'll be like, I'll pause them and be like, you, you know, he's using her, right? Like that's the opposite of love. Like that's <laughs> use, right? And the girls roll their eyes and they're like, oh my gosh, mom. Yes. <laughs> we know. Or a song will come on and it'll be like, oh, you know, like you're hurting me, but it's okay. I love you or some nonsense like that. There's yeah. 50 versions of that same idea. Like, yeah. you know, it hurts so bad. And I'm like, that's the dumbest bunch of baloney I've ever heard. And don't you ever think that's okay. And if anybody tells yeah. you that they're in a relationship like that, you need to tell them to cut the you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah. No one taught me that at all as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Just to be able to pour into our kids and show them like what real love looks like. Mm-hmm. Theology of the body does such a beautiful job of that. And you and Chris, I honestly, a big part of it is for me, I'm like, they get to look up to y'all and they get to hear your story. And I think that's huge. I do. I think it's beautiful to be able to see a marriage that was built mm-hmm. on that foundation for my kids. You yeah. Know? But to, to give people hope, um, who maybe, they're listening to this and they didn't have the chance to start a foundation in elementary school, Mm -hmm. um, with their kids. For me, I didn't, I had the awkward, uh, this is so, so awkward. You guys fifth grade, our church did it in RE class. We had sex education, boys and girls in the same room. Oh my. It was the most awkward thing in, in the entire universe. It was so strange. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Like the, yeah, it was not fun. Um, but on the flip side, that was the tech, that's how I learned the technical side of it. Um, but on the flip side, I was just surrounded by other girls and, and within the youth group and that sort of thing that had the same kind of vision and desire. Like we were, we geeked out in high school and like, we're the V club, you know, we're going <laughs> to, so, so just, just, I think it makes a difference. The people that are around your kids and, and being on, on, you know, on watch with their phones and with mm-hmm. social media. Like mm-hmm. I think helicopter, helicopter parenting is dangerous and a bad thing, but I think there's parts of it where we definitely need to, to hover in in a good way, you know, right. and just to yeah. make sure that they're around. I heard today I listened to, um, the Jamie Ivy podcast mm-hmm. called happy hour with Jamie Ivy. And she had, I don't even know the woman's name, but I will link it in the show notes. She had this woman on and she is an expert in dealing with media with teens. And her oh. advice was phenomenal. Like some of the best advice I've ever heard. So we'll put it on there. You should listen to this after this podcast. But one of the things she said is um, she was really worried about giving her daughter a phone because 
like her daughter kept begging for it and she didn't think she was ready and she didn't want her daughter to feel left out and be the only kid without a phone. And she said, and then I realized that with a phone in her hand, with social media, she's more left out than she's ever been in her entire life. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Because now she's seeing what the rest of the world is doing without her. Mm -hmm. And she said, without a phone, she would have been just fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a huge reason why we didn't do the whole social media thing. Because I remember reading articles about kids, girls who would post a picture. I got this new outfit and then they wouldn't get enough likes and never wear the outfit again. Or they would see. And and that actually, that whole being left out, that happened to my girls and they didn't have, I had an Instagram account and they would follow their friends. And, and then that was like the easy button for me, right? Cause it's on my phone and I can look mm. at it and I can see who they're following, but then they would see the things they got left out. And it's mm. heartbreaking. And think about yeah. that. When we were kids, we didn't know. Right. Maybe you'd find out me. on yeah. Tuesday after, you know, the weekend that you were, but you know, you had kind of the day to get over it, but to see it immediately. Yeah. And, and there's all those things that I think that was the biggest thing. I just wanted my kids to be kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, like Kyle was worried about sort of the, the pornography side of it. I'm more worried about the, like the mental health of the, of, especially of my girls. Mm-hmm. How many likes do you get? Is my outfit like? Do you have the right picture all the time and energy? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they don't struggle with that anyway, now that they're older and have them. I mean, heck, I do. I mean, I'm a, I'm a grown woman and I know I do. But I'm in a position where I, I think I have a little bit more control to like just cut it out. And I've mm-hmm. ha- and I've had to do that where they're, they've grown up with it and they've had to wrestle with it in a way that I haven't had to wrestle with mm-hmm. it. And yeah. I, I just, I wanted my kids to be kids. Yeah. When did your, when did you let them have any sort of social media? Not till they're 18. Okay. 18. Yeah. We just waited that. on it. I just, yeah. and I, again, I mean, listen, everybody's got to do what they got to do. And I know that if your kid has it, you should probably be checking in on their account. You should be looked up and mm-hmm. um, know what's going on. But it's it's such a slippery slope. Gosh, then there's their accounts. Then there's the spam accounts. The then spam there's accounts. the. I mean, it just it's 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 a it's a whole iteration, and so it goes beyond mm-hmm. just like there are a lot of people that allow their kids to have it, and they're plugged in and and walk that journey with them, and that is just not something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be with them like face to face and worry mm-hmm. about that a little bit later. And I'm glad I did. I'm not saying you can't figure out how to do that, but mm-hmm. that wasn't, that was just not our choice. Yeah. Um, if you've never heard the word spam account, this is really important. I feel like, um, yeah, I'm sitting here like, what the heck is this? So I don't know. What about. So basically <laughs> what teens do now is they have their public Instagram account and that's where they might friend their mom and friend uh-huh. their aunt and their youth minister. <laughs> that's the account yes. that I get to see uh-huh. for most of my teens, but then they all have multiple accounts that they really? don't show anybody that they hide their name. I mean, not all, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's some sweet little holy ones out there yeah. that don't hide from their parents. But most of the teens that I know and have taught who are sweet and holy all have these hidden accounts. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes they also do it not to, not to, you know, insinuate that every spam account is a bad account. No. Uh, a lot of times they do it to sort of make a smaller circle. Yeah. So, um, I want to have an account where I share stuff with my friends, but I don't want it that I have the account that I, I let everyone, cause you know, kids are like, yeah. can I follow? Yeah. I mean, my girls have yeah. a bazillion followers. I'm like, do you even know, do you know these people? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're in my class at college, you know, like, yeah, we, we yeah. know each other. I'm like, we were in the bathroom at the yeah, right. Two years yeah. ago. <laughs> right. So we're best friends. And I'm like, I just kind of think that's weird, but okay. Yeah. But that's kind of their world. And it's, it's tough. Cause that's, you know, not having, this is probably one area of parenting that like I'm, Every, when these discussions come up, Kyle and I are constantly having to tell the kids, okay, they'll ask us about something and we're like, hold on. And we have to like sit, tell them, okay, we can't because we got to go talk because we don't know what we're doing. Like, yeah. We have to figure it out. Right. And, and then, along. and then there's the, the, the fine line between like just saying no to something because it's the easy button and then mm-hmm. realizing they're becoming older and wanting more freedom and then going, yeah. Okay, what I want to say is no, but maybe we should talk about it and pray about it, or maybe I'm okay with it and Kyle's not, or vice versa. And then, yeah. you know, you got to be united front. I will say this, please, please be united front on this, because it will cause great heartache when you're not. Um, so, you, so we always want it. We may go out of our way to make sure we're a united front, even if that means telling the kids no until we can talk about it and mm-hmm. we feel like we can give you a reasonable response. But of course, you know. And they don't like that, but that's okay. My sacramental life is first to my husband. So, you know, I'm sacramentally bound to him. I'm not sacramentally bound to you. So back up, buddy. That's good. 
It's true. Oh my gosh. It's true. It's really bad. Yeah. It's my job to help your dad get to heaven and you too, but he's first in line. So that's That's amazing. I love that. Well, and just to stop and be able to discern these things before you make decisions too. Yes. Not just make decisions off the cuff or. Yeah. And that's hard because as they get older, you want it. It's that. Because that's where we're at now in parenting. Like, we want to give them freedom. Mm -hmm. But we also know, like, with the girls, you know, they got way more freedom because they're not under our roof right now. But with the boys, it's like, okay, I want to let you do the thing you want to do because I want to hear your heart's desire. Mm -hmm. And that's been a thing, you know, even when the girls, oh, I really want an Instagram account or I really want this thing. I want to, and I I would say to them, I want to hear your heart's desire. I hear your heart's desire. I know what it's like to desire something. Um, And I think that's an important thing Mm -hmm. to be really you know, don't dismiss what they want. Don't just say, no, you can't have it because you know, it comes with all these responsibilities that you don't think that they can or can't handle, Mm -hmm. but like hear them and then say, then let us, your dad and I talk about it. I tell my girls with the kids all the time. I say, do you think that dad and I are praying people? Yes. Tell me why. Cause you go to church and you do that. Okay, good. So if you think you're praying people, do you think that it would be a reasonable thing to trust us mm-hmm. and in our judgment and parenting. Yes. Okay. So just, mm-hmm. and yeah. that, you don't have to like it. I'm not asking you to like it, but I'm asking you to just respect yeah. that we're, we're doing the best we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Technology is a world that, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. So it's all good though. I mean, we're using technology right now. Isn't that yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, we're able to record sitting on the floor of Kendra's living room without having to leave it <laughs> during know. a pandemic. It's pretty amazing. Holding a baby and a dog. I mean, this yeah, is just who we are, are right? Toys, yeah. <laughs> toys it's wonderful. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to otherwise. And it's such a great evangelization tool. Anytime yes. we get, you know, down on social media or the internet, I just think mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that are being exposed to the word of God that wouldn't otherwise. That's so true. I go back and forth between that too, of wanting to disconnect and just be out of it all. But, you know, you see people, mm-hmm. their, their hearts being changed and lives being changed and just being a, an agent of change there. Um, the other thing I that, well, important. not these, she said a million other things, but one of the other things that this woman said today is what is the purpose of your children on the, on the internet or mm-hmm. on, on media? Are they using it to create? Mm-hmm. Like, are they looking up recipes and making dinner? Or like my daughter's constantly trying to like create some new craft and she's looking up things Mm -hmm. or or we're creating a podcast. We're creating even, you know, evangelism. Are they just consuming it constantly scrolling, 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 or are they using it to connect with others? Mm. So if you're connecting or creating, it's a good time to be on the internet. If you're Mm -hmm. just consuming, that's when we need to walk away. And I think that's true for adults too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I I mean, as I sit here and talk about the kids, there's nothing I'm saying that has not affected me. A million times. Like I have really, really, really wrestled with it. I don't do Facebook anymore. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram, but it's what I am on when I am on it. It's a very cult. Like I, it's very, I've leaned out what I follow. Um, and then I have, I, I have to put myself on, you know, have rules about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I'm almost 50 years old Mm -hmm. and I know how hard it is for me. Um, and I've also been really honest with the kids about that too. So they don't think that I'm just sitting on my, you know, high throne and yeah. Yeah. waving down at those peasants <laughs> down there as you make your mistakes. Um, so they know too. My area of weakness is podcasts. I love them. I love them. But the good What are some of your favorites? Well, um, so you mentioned one a little earlier. Um, oh, the Godsplaining. The God's okay, so I have a crush on the Dominican priests. I know that's weird, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I I discovered them through Matt Frad's podcast, his Pints with Aquinas podcast. Mm-hmm. He would regularly have on uh, Father Gregory Pine. He's from. Um, he's a Dominican priest, and he's delightful. He's a wicked smart and. Really funny. <laughs> yeah. And he weaves in culture to it's, he's uh-huh. just brilliant. And so I started every time Matt Fry would have him, I was like, Oh, yes, Father Gregory's on. <laughs> Plus, he's really cute. It's just, I guess the holier you are, the cuter you are. And then he and his little Dominican buddies started a uh, podcast called Godsplaining, where I they talk about name. different faith topics. And I love those. So I kind of like the nerdy, I like the, the pints with Aquinas and like learn, learning nerdy you know, theological topics and how Aquinas would view certain things. And then Aquinas lover. Yeah. And then my mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I get it all. I just, just fun and enjoy Mm -hmm. it. So I like those. And 
when I realize I've had too much nerdy time and I need to connect with women, I will. I've just recently discovered your podcast. And then <laughs> Thanks. I also like the Abiding Together oh, podcast. Yes. I think that's a pretty Love standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I try to also turn it off and just be quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you any popular songs anymore ever since the podcast has oh, started. I had yeah. that thought today. I was listening to like the old people country station in Austin. Mm-hmm. I remember the day that I turned that on and realized they were playing the music that I like <laughs> on the old station. I was like, oh no, it yeah. has happened. You have arrived. I have arrived. And I don't know. That's any, how I feel about HEB. Any, <laughs> they're what? playing your music in yes, HEB. They're playing, yes. <laughs> I mean, like, yes. I don't know any current music at all, except for worship music. That's all I got. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. nothing. Nada. Yeah. Not even country. I used to at least know country. Yeah. yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same here. But I, I got my old, my great aunt's old record player. And oh, so we've been playing. Oh, is that what this is? That's what that is. It's an old record player and oh. all of her records. I'm getting even more from my parents soon. That's but wonderful. Like old jazz. It has that little crackly sound. It is oh. so, really beautiful. I turn it on and I just. Exhale. I'm like, oh, this is my happy place. It has been such a gift to me and the kids. That's so great. And Joseph, he stands up on the couch, and I taught him like where to put his hand, and and he twirls me when he's standing on the couch. It's so cute. It's been such a gift. It's been such a gift. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. Joseph is twirling his six foot mother. Yes, by standing on the couch. Yes, Joseph's six. (laughs) That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. How fun! All right, well, you guys, this has been so much fun. Sorry, we didn't get to the funny question. We even just, tried. I think I, I think God just wanted stuff. us to dive in. But yeah, um, should we do the "What's God doing in your heart"? Yeah, let's finish with that. What's yeah. God doing in your heart, Kendra? Me? Oh, I'm going first. <laughs> you huh? go first. What is God doing in my heart? Um, I He is realigning me to um what's real and what's in front of me and what's important and um. My, like what you said just kind of was the icing on the cake for me, um, to what I've been needing a little awakening to is that my husband is priority sacramentally. Mm, um, that's good. Cause we're, we're, we're in a place right now where we're just high-fiving as we pass each other in the house and, you know, juggling everything and, and it's really taking a toll on our marriage. And so, um, I know there's valleys and hills and marriages, um, and it, it, you know, the Holy Spirit is definitely moving there. So I'm just trying to be still and listen and swallow my pride and, you know, all those things where it's just hard to kind of make that turn. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Awesome. Well, I have two because <laughs> why pick one when you can pick two? Um, <laughs> first of all, so <laughs> a couple months ago in a, in a like really fast pace, I had this key to my husband's safe and I was in a hurry and I dropped it into something. And I knew I dropped it into something, like in my bedroom. I was hiding Intentionally. it. Intentionally. I was yeah. hiding it. And I didn't, no idea where I put it. <laughs> so then he was starting to get really worried. He's like, Megan, if you don't find this key to the safe, I'm going to have to like drill out the key lock and then it's not going to be a safe anymore because right. there's not going to be a key. And so my son Eli is like best friends with um, St. Anthony. And so he oh. has his like special St. Anthony powers and he's been doing St. Anthony, St. Anthony. And yesterday, I kid you not, you guys. I had been cleaning out a cabinet underneath my bathroom sink. It was laying in the floor of my bedroom. The key was. Are you serious? <laughs> Moments like that, I it think so there's fun. this supernatural happenstance where it just gets dropped in front of you. I, it was the I'm most waiting fun. for my Aggie ring to reappear. Right. I'm telling you, Eli's going to find it for you. He's going to yes, find he it. Will. Well, it was so funny because it was almost like St. Anthony had like been trying to tell us, but we weren't listening. So he finally just took the darn thing and put it in the middle <laughs> of the, the wall. Yes. Wow. It was in the bottom of this basket of like postpartum stuff that I had that I'd never used. Uh-huh. And then Chad walked by and accidentally kicked the entire basket over and everything fell out. So that's how we found that's it. That's so, so fun. funny. So that's my funny one. Um, but Last week when we recorded our podcast, I think I was like kind of in a state of um, despair because, mm-hmm. you know, when life's really hard, then it's the same thing that happened when we had pandas where I would fall into this, like, we're never going to get out of this. We're always going to be in pain. It's always going to be this way. And, um, and it was starting to kind of really pull me down. And then I just felt this like breath of hope again. And that that's what God's doing right now for me is he's kind of resurfacing some of those old uh, ways that he spoke to me back then and reminding me that like, he's still so good and that I can, I can let him fight for me. Yeah. Cause I think I'd forgotten, <laughs> which is so funny cause it's what I preach, but I still yeah. forgot. So yeah. the last few days I've felt a lot more hope and that he's going to be really good. He's going to pull us through this really yeah. hard time. So yeah. how about you? What's God been doing in your Ooh. heart? 
Sorry, we Girl, I can echo the whole going into despair. I think that's a pretty, mm. that's, e- that's an easy road to go down. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was actually at mass this morning feeling kind of like that. Like I was joking with the secretary at the school the other day when I was subbing. I said, my prayer life has been reduced to, really, Lord? Really? <laughs> and we just sort of laughed about it because that's just how, um, like, it feels like every day, uh, every day there's another thing. Um, mm-hmm. And everything just feels hard. And uh, and everybody's having a hard time. And mm-hmm. so then you, you don't even really want to talk about it because you're like, I know you're having a hard time too. Yeah. And so, like, it's like yeah. we don't even, we can't even share our burdens. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just what the devil wants us to do so that we all just stay quiet instead of bringing it to the light. So I went into mass kind of like that today, like, like a three-year-old basically, but I sat down and behaved like a grown up, grown up. And, um, and just through the mass, I was just sort of feeling agitated and just not present. And, but I just stayed put. And then after I received Jesus in the Eucharist, I was kneeling there and I just heard God speak to me. And then I have a shirt that says this, we are not, we're not made for comfort. We're made for greatness, right? Mm. Pope Benedict. And I just heard that coming through me like, okay, I'm made for greatness and not comfort. I'm made for mm. greatness and not comfort. Mm-hmm. And I looked up at the cross and I was like, right, right. Yeah. You've got me. Yeah. You got me. The greatness isn't actually my greatness. It's your greatness yeah. coming through me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm made good. for greatness and not for comfort. Mm-hmm. And then I collected myself, finished up mass, yeah. and walked out the door and could do today. Yeah. You know? So. Just one I day at a time. One day at a time. Mm-hmm. Literally one day at a time. Yeah. That's so. awesome. I love that. We're made for greatness. Your yeah. greatness, not mine. I was just thinking. I just had an idea. That would be a great bumper sticker. Like, you are made for greatness, not comfort. You can do this. Like, just, right. and I'm, I don't know. This is totally random. Just think about bumper <laughs> stickers, how they, they usually reflect what you're all about as the driver or owner of the car. Right. What if we did bumper stickers that pour into other people? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's this true. Happening. We're going to do this. Put a lot of Texas that's bumper right. stickers. <laughs> yeah. All right, like Leanna, it. you get on that. Okay. His beloved yeah. Texas bumper Leanna, stickers. Leanna, that's you. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, this was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tanya. You're a gift. Thanks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you will follow us on Instagram. And we have a Facebook group, too, for His Beloved of Texas. Join us. We want to hear from you. Are you enjoying the podcast? Also, you could leave a review and rate us on iTunes. It's really helpful. I hate to be one of those people that begs for comments, but it helps us to get our name out there and for other people to hear about our podcast. And if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. And we hope to see you next week. All right. Have a great week. Bye-bye.